welcome or welcome back to the Elevated Podcast hosted by Lisa Battaglia. You are joining a community of elevated empaths who embrace their duality, honor their empathic superpowers, and live consistently from their authentic soul. The Elevated Podcast tackles conversations around empathy, energy work, sexual energy, manifestation, and social and cultural insights. Thank you for tuning in to the Elevated Podcast and taking the time to nourish your roots and elevate your soul. Let's get into it. What the heck in heck? Okay, I think we're recording. <laughs> That's how I imagine Jasper talks. What the heck? What the heck? Where the heck you been? Where the heck you been? Um, hello, Elevation Nation. Welcome or welcome back to the Elevated Podcast. I am your host, Lisa, and I'm so glad that you're here and taking the time to nourish your roots and elevate your soul. There are a few things I want to talk about today. Thank you all for reaching out about last week's episode about the sacredness of being single. I loved hearing all of your reflections on that episode because it was a very it was a very special one. So if you haven't listened to that, go listen to it because we talk about the sacredness of being single and all of the things, wonderful things that come with being single and finding this autonomy and taking that into your dating life. So I really appreciated uh, reading all of your reflections from that episode. So I love when you guys reach out to me and let me know how the podcast resonates with you. So today I want to talk about a few things, social media, body image issues, plastic surgery, a lot of things. Before we get into the topics that we have set for you today, I want to let you know that I have a coaching spot open right now, and I I feel that there is a client coming my way. I feel a client coming into my space soon. I'm sensing this client for sure. So I want want to open this spot up because I'm just feeling this energy. And if you're interested in getting that one-on-one empath coaching experience with me, definitely go follow the link in the description if you feel called to it and apply to learn more. We do weekly Zoom coaching sessions. We do unlimited Voxer support and daily journaling homework. And it's it's an incredible experience to just elevate your life and quantum leap into a new reality. And there's nothing that you have to wait for to take these steps. I know a lot of people are like, I need to I need to do this before I do that, or I need to be a certain thing before I become this. It's like, you can do and be all of these things right now. So why would you wait any longer? I feel this person out there. So if you feel like it's you, go to the link in the description and apply to learn more. So let's get into today's topic. Social media is deeply, deeply flawed. I don't have to tell you that. I know that you know that, but I want to talk about some reflections I've had recently on social media. Why are we living our lives in a tiny little screen more than in our actual world? When you go anywhere, you see everybody glued into a tiny little screen in their the palm of their hand instead of appreciating the world and the people around them. In 2022, when the pandemic hit, We were forced to stay in our homes for a while, giving us the perfect excuse to be tied to our phones more than ever and connect with the outside world. That was the way that we were connecting with the outside world was through social media. But what if the world our phones are showing us isn't what is actually happening in the world? 
We saw this a lot in 2020. We, because we were so glued to our phones, because so much information is being spewed all over the internet about what this pandemic means and blah, 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 all these things. And turns out a lot of it wasn't true. So what happens when our phones are showing us things that aren't really what's happening? We turn to the news and media to see these, this constant violence, this hatred, the uglier parts of the world. But is that, what's what, is that what's happening when we're actually stepping outside? Maybe for some, it's definitely true. But is it an accurate depiction of what's going on in the world? We're at the mercy of what the news, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, we're at the mercy of what they decide they want to show us that day. So last year, I published an article about the censorship of sex on the internet, and we talk about a lot of things in that article and the podcast episode. It was the very first podcast episode. We talked about like how the censorship of sex, like it doesn't mean that sex isn't happening. (laughs) Like the world, social media is not a reflection of the world. And so if you haven't listened to that first episode of the podcast, go listen to it. It's a very different production experience, but you should go listen to it for the content of it. And we talk about this and you can go read the Medium article if you want. And I'll link, I'll link it in the description. So another thing, if the algorithm favors good-looking people, are we seeing what a really truly average person looks like in the world? Our perception of what people look like is not accurate because we're being fed good-looking people by the algorithm. And we'll talk about body image and plastic surgery a little bit later. But let's talk about what social media was designed for. These platforms say that their intended purpose was to bring people together and improve people's lives. If you watch the Mark Zuckerberg interview on the Lex Friedman podcast, so fascinating. He talks about his intended purpose with Facebook was to bring people together, to help them feel more connected. And that definitely could have been the intention, but that's not the reality of now. That's not what's happening. I don't think, call me a pessimist, but I don't think that we're more connected now than ever. I think social media has done more harm than good. We seem to be more divided now than ever and more hate-filled now than ever. And don't get me wrong. Social media has been a great tool for us to connect, for me to connect with all of you. You wouldn't know about this podcast without social media. And I'm so grateful that I am able to connect with you. But as far as the harms of social media, let's look at the stats. From 2000 to 2020, the suicide rates have gone up by 30%, hitting all-time highs. Social media has been linked to higher mass shooting rates since 2013. And I found this Forbes article. I was doing a little bit of research for this podcast. I found this Forbes article outlining the connection. And I highly recommend reading it because they say that social media erodes empathy. And if we don't have empathy, we have these higher rates of violence in our world. So I had to ask myself, why would social media erode empathy if it was meant to connect us? If we are living behind a screen and seeing other people through a screen, we're only seeing a fraction of who they are. We aren't seeing the whole person, what their reaction is when you write something mean about them or why the person is saying something mean, et cetera, et cetera. 
We only see a fraction of someone, and those are only the parts they want to show the world. So how can we be truly connecting on a deeper level if we're only seeing a fraction of the person? So I'm going to read a little bit from the Forbes article because I think it's so fascinating. Social media has been seen as responsible in lowering empathy for most Americans. It's easy to speak your mind about someone on social media based on a tweet they made or something they posted on Facebook. Even like-minded individuals with similar interests can find themselves in a serious flare-ups that turn hostile. So I'm quoting this Forbes article. One of the primary reasons social media has become so dangerous to a healthy society is that it erodes empathy. Isn't that crazy? These conversations have gone online. Empathy has fallen to the wayside. A recent meta-analysis of 72 studies conducted between 1979 and 2009 found that empathy of levels across all American college students have dropped 40%. And I don't even know what it would be like beyond 2009 when we had social media. The social media platforms have largely failed to address this issue, which we'll talk about. And it's really only radicalized people, such as recent mass shooters. And we've seen in the last few mass shootings how much they've taken these ideas to these social media platforms and explicitly said what they were going to do before they did before they did it. Social media companies like Facebook promise us that its services would encourage people to care more for each other and express their authentic views both online and in person. None of this happened. Instead, a recent Pew research has found that people speak up less in person now for fear of retribution. Social media has helped them realize that there are many opposing views out there that they would prefer not to confront. So that's some excerpts from this Forbes article, which is like, I was writing this and I found this article. I was like, this is exactly what I'm saying. I need to just take these words from this article because it so beautifully, you know, expresses what I'm trying to communicate. This is why I'm so passionate about empathy. It's a hot word now. You all have been on this journey with me. Everybody's talking about empathy and energy and blah, 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 blah. But like people laugh laugh about it because it's soft or it's, you know, whatever, but it's actually so important for our society. And the lack of it is creating a really hateful place. If we can understand other people, we can understand ourselves better and the world in a more peaceful way. We don't have to hate other people or ourselves because we understand where they're coming from. So let's take politics as an example. I talk about this a lot, or this is like a very deeply rooted belief of mine. We hate the other side so much. I think the biggest issue we have is that we don't have communication or empathy for the other side. Therefore, we're not even willing to converse with the other side because we just see them as they're against what I believe. They're so, how could they be so dumb? How could they think that? I don't even want to converse in them. I automatically hate them. We won't even discuss things with other people. But turns out, we actually probably agree on a lot. We probably all have a very similar goal is to keep people happy, keep people alive. But we just have maybe different ways of finding those solutions. We do have different solutions to a problem we all agree is a problem. 
Sometimes we just have a different ways of solving issues. But if our immediate reaction is to hate somebody because they've expressed ideas that are not the same as yours, you, you might be missing the point. We have more in common than you think. Or we can at least empathize with someone else's ideas because we understand where they're coming from when we, when we just like talk about it a little bit. But when there's so much hatred for the other side or we're, we're conditioned to hate the other side, I think a lot of that has to do with the news and media. It's like everything's really over. It's, everything's very dramatic. Like we're all going to die. This is what the news tells us every day. You should hate the other side because like they're trying to kill us all. It's like, okay. Take it easy. Take it easy. You know that that person isn't an evil person. Maybe they just see the world and solutions differently. And that doesn't mean they deserve to rot in hell. (laughs) We'll talk about bullying in a little bit. I think back, think back to what I said earlier. We are at the mercy of what TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Google, news, all of media decide to keep on their platforms optimizing their algorithms and feed to us. Apply this to politics or really anything else. If you keep seeing content about what you agree with, because that's what you keep liking and engaging with, you're never going to see another side's explanation or have a very balanced equal feed. And this is built into the algorithms of all these social platforms. So this brings me back to bullying online. I feel like the Kardashians are starting to talk about this more lately. But if people don't have empathy, they're way more likely to judge, hate, comment, even threaten people online because of this small fraction of the person that they're seeing. And this would inevitably cause people to feel shitty about themselves. Think about it this way. This person is only seeing a fraction of me and they even hate this fraction. So what does that say about the rest of me? Even if this comment was just a purely a reflection of this deeply wounded person on the other side. But we're so quick to criticize and judge. Listen, I'm not innocent of any of these things. I just know there's a lot of work we could do. So what is this all for? What is all of this social engagement and social media for? So for Instagram us posting about our happy, happy lives or whatever. Like, is it all to convince people that our lives are so amazing and fun and great and we want to make people jealous? But do we even want to live in our really amazing and fun lives if all of it is being lived through a tiny little screen? Do we really need to watch what everyone else is doing instead of appreciating the gift of life that we've been giving and going out there and doing it? We're so addicted to it. We're so addicted to getting the likes and the comments and the engagement. We're so addicted to continually seeing another video, another post. We're so addicted to that scrolling. It's almost impossible to break away from. And if you've ever looked at your screen time, I know that like your phone yells at you every week. It's like, your screen time is up. Your screen time is down. But like, think about six hours a day. I don't know what the average is. Six hours a day on our screens. That's a big chunk of our day, of our waking lives. And it becomes so hard to break away from social media because it feels like we can't exist without it. I feel like when I'm off social, I'm like, I'm just out of the trends. I'm out of what's happening in the world. And it it feels great. Don't get me wrong. But I feel so out of the loop on things. But 
if we feel like we can't exist, like I feel like if I were to completely erase myself from social media, I feel like there, a part of me th- believes like people would forget who I am. Isn't that the craziest thing? What a toxic-ass relationship with social media. And I, I don't feel like I'm the only one that feels this way. The social media break has really become the new smoke break. It's become so unhealthy for us. The big scam of social media is that it's advertised to us as a way to connect with people around the world. But a, but we're only being fed a certain amount of information. So we're only being fed a certain tiny amount of the world. We're only seeing a tiny amount of probably what we agree with and what we think. And we're just fed a lot of unhappy things. Sure, there are really great things that are happening online. It's not the majority of it. And maybe some things are helping us feel more connected and less alone in the struggles that we're going through, for sure. But it's just, it's not, overall, you can't argue that it's a healthy thing. Twitter is, Twitter is a really evil place. (laughs) There's this, like, perception of TikTok's a pretty evil place. Twitter's an evil place. Instagram's just dead. I don't know what's happening with Instagram. I just like (sighs) Instagram is just dead. Like Twitter's an evil place, but turns out like there's a lot of bots and scammers and people behind behind a screen that live in the middle of nowhere. You know, so it's like, what? what are we really engaging with? Who are we speaking to? Who are we interacting with when we go on these social platforms? And if it's our friends, it's great. Go text your friends, send them pictures directly. Go make them jealous directly. It's just such an interesting thing. And I'm starting to like really think about what is this purpose? What is the purpose of social media? These platforms are supposed to protect us and keep us keep what we're seeing safe and good and healthy and fun and it's supposed to be in good fun. You know I'm I'm very passionate about this after working for law enforcement relations for one of these social media companies. I was exposed to the vast dark underworld of this internet. There are plenty of people doing this really great hard work in content moderation, trust and safety, law enforcement. And there's only so much that these companies can do in protecting us. (sighs) But, (laughs) but these companies really can't actively stop violence that people are threatening to do online, but they can prioritize keeping their platforms safe. And I have a feeling it's not really a priority for most of these companies. Their priority is to make money. So I can't remember if I shared this already. I interviewed for many jobs in this space within the last year. These companies don't want to pay for these people doing this work. That is what I've learned from personal experience. They want to pay just above minimum wage, just above. So it's not like, totally whack. And they want to pay a kid like right out of college who's probably just like, oh my God, I'm so lucky to work at this company. Right. To remove this, like to, they want to pick a 22, 23 year old kid. Not, not kid. You're an adult, but like kid (laughs) right out of college to look at 
the most disgusting, horrific, violent things that are happening online and decide what should be taken down and what shouldn't. And when you think about like the sexual content, they have to they have to be the ones enforcing the policies of what is decided to be adult nudity and sexual activity and what isn't. And they want to pay this tiny, tiny amount for someone like right out of college to do this work. I just have a feeling it's not really a priority for most of these companies. So you're thinking, what's the difference in the money, Lisa? Isn't money not supposed to matter? Of course it matters. The higher salary allows this person to work in the job, to not be burnt out because it's a very burnouty job. <laughs> it's a scientific term. They can hire therapists to be able to support them. They can pay for a therapist to be able to support them through it. They can feel valued by the company because they're, do- they're truly doing the hardest work that you can do at a social media company. Having to see all that stuff all the time, all day. They're committed to keeping the platform safe. So these companies should value that. And you cannot say that you're providing snacks at your tech company and free lunches as a way to value your employees. When I kept getting told these like very painfully low salaries, like I really started to question whether these companies and dating platforms and social media companies were really valuing the safety of their employees and their platforms. Think about dating platforms. I interviewed with some dating platforms and they didn't want to pay anything. They wanted to be jack shit. And this is a dating platform. You are going, you're getting on this platform to like meet somebody in real life and try not to get murdered by them. But if we had people really committed to keeping those platforms safe, maybe we'd have less of that. So very passionate about that. Tech companies, let's do a little work in really valuing this because it's important. (sighs) There's also like, there's a lot of things that you can research about content moderation that I won't get into. You just know that I'm very passionate about that. And I think it's a space that I think a lot of companies need a lot of work on, need to do a lot of work on. And it's in my interview process, it was so inspiring to hear companies that were so committed to keeping the mental and emotional health of their employees safe in that space. And that's what really like was the big difference in my perception of that company. There weren't a lot that I interviewed with that were like that, but they were out there. So I'm picking up the microphone. I am sitting back for the rest of this because we're going to transition to bullying and harassment online, making us even more self-conscious and bringing us to body image and plastic surgery. Okay. My hot takes are coming your way, okay? Be prepared. So there are plenty of studies that show social media platforms favor good-looking people. They've talked about this openly before. And whether it's by accident or intentionally, there's it's always been this way. And I, like 
it could be by accident. It could just be like, obviously, people want to look at pretty people. So they interact and engage with that content more. So the algorithm is naturally, you know, promoting that stuff. That makes sense. It's always been this way, though. My mother le- never let me buy magazines for that exact intention because she didn't want me to get any ideas about self-esteem or body issues, you know, body image issues. They only featured a certain type of face and a body. My mom didn't want me to develop these these Im- these image issues. But her goal failed. <laughs> Not because of her, but because we were inevitably led to social media, which is just magazines on steroids. Think about these women who have millions of followers who aren't like Oprah (laughs) or, you know, other like intelligent women. I'm talking about like the women who have millions of followers because of the way they look. And you have, I know that when you're imagining this for me, you have already crafted in your mind a certain type of person and what they look like. You're thinking about a very specific type of body, a specific perfectly Botox face, and it's all because people just want to look at them. Men want to gaze, women feel the envy. And I know that like there are so many incredible creators that are, you know, providing a lot of value. And it's not just this. This is just a corner of the internet that I think is still an issue. And um, we'll talk about the other side of this in a little bit. But our self-esteem takes a big hit when we're constantly shown women or even the algorithm is prioritizing women with a certain lifted face and big boobs, big butt, tiny waist. And that's what social media keeps valuing and optimizing. And it's a shock that even after all these years, this is still what happens. And we are still trying to look like Barbie. Now, I have some very unpopular opinions about elective plastic surgery. Maybe they're not unpopular, but I feel like no one talks about this. Because, and I certainly do not judge anyone who's had anything done. But in my opinion, the increase in plastic surgery and the conversations around positivity of plastic surgery are really detrimental. It's amazing to me how many women will be like, I think we need to set a good example and wear our hair naturally and wear less makeup and love our bodies. But they're the same ones who have spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on changing their appearance. And so I, what I've seen lately, and maybe you've seen this too, maybe you haven't, is just like a lot of people being like, when they talk about plastic surgery and getting things done, they say, do whatever you need to do to make you happy. Like if it's going to make you happy, do it. You know, I'm a big, and I want to be honest about what I'm getting done so that you don't think that I am just getting things done. I think Kylie Jenner and her lip fillers, that whole thing in like what, 2013, 2014 was a big shift in the way that we were talking about plastic surgery. Do whatever you need to do to make you happy. But my question is, why do you believe that that's the thing that's going to cure your happiness? I see a lot of people get work done and have the same internal issues that were there before. And changing your appearance could actually just be a band-aid fix to your problems. I also see a lot of I did it for me and no one else. I don't really, I don't really feel like that's true. Because we're talking about your appearance. You, these people have probably done it for other people. 
because someone along the way convinced you that your appearance as it is wasn't good enough. And you were fed to the media, you were fed by the media that having boobs will make you look better and make you more proportional. And people say like, I want to look more proportional. I'm like, oh, but what proportions are you basing this off of? My main question is, what happens when we all get plastic surgery to try to obtain one certain type of look, one type of face, one type of body, one nose? Then we'll all look like slight variations of the same thing. And that would be terrifying. (laughs) We need this diversity. We need to teach future generations that they can't just change whatever they don't like. That would be an endless race. That concept of teaching us that we can change whatever we don't like is not how life works. There's so much that we cannot control or change. A lot of stuff that we need to learn how to live with and accept and even love, dare I say love, for what it is. And if we think that we can change everything, we are going to get really frustrated when we encounter things that we can't and find ourselves extremely dissatisfied. So in terms of the long-term effects of this stuff, there's so much more research coming out about like breast implant illness, which is like a horrifying thing. If you've ever researched it, I'm terrified by it. But the majority of the medical community doesn't recognize it as an actual issue. Why? Because breast implants are making them over a billion dollars a year. And if they recognize that it's actually a really horrible thing to implant foreign objects on top of your most vital organs, they might lose a ton of money. And what are we going to do without the money? And anything else we're injecting or implanting into our bodies, like, I think our bodies are going to obviously respond by attacking it because it's a foreign object. Breast Im- the breast implant illness thing really angers me. <laughs> that in itself is a longer term issue that's not even researched enough to know how these things are going to affect us in 80 years. I'm also so amazed by how much money people have that they can spend it on these things. Like all these things cost hundreds and thousands of dollars. And my thing is like, why can't we use that money for, if you are the same person that thinks Elon Musk should give all this money to feeding the world, we could do a lot with $1 billion that we're getting for boob jobs. I told you I'm coming in with strong opinions today. I told you. Listen, I don't judge you if you've done these things. I promise this is a safe space. This is an open space for all. I'm just reflecting back a larger issue of our society in popularizing, changing our bodies and our faces to quote unquote, make us happier. When there are so many things that we could do for our communities and ourselves and our world with the money and the time and the effort and our bodies. There's so many ways that we can focus on improving our lives and improving the self-esteem of others by living our authentic 
by through our authentic soul and with our authentic body because our body is a reflection of this really amazing thing called living the human experience and if we get to express that through this amazing body why do we want to change it there's so many things that we can focus on instead that are not driven by society's perception of beauty So what happens when the trend starts to move back towards natural faces, natural bodies? And we're already seeing this. The trend is starting to go back to not having such an enormous ass that you can't even hold it up with your body. The Kardashians are taking out their butt implants and everyone's freaking out. The whole trend is moving away from having a huge ass. Our bodies are not trends. Say it with me. Our bodies are not trends. We will never be able to constantly keep up with this trend. It's a moving, a moving target. We'll never be able to fit this ever-changing societal ideal of what a face and a body should look like. If we're constantly changing this, we will certainly be unhappy if we're always constantly changing, chasing this. So how can we start to encourage our current generation to stop valuing our appearance and start valuing what we contribute to our communities, our education, how we start to elevate the world around us. I fear that the body positivity advocates are still getting drowned out by the gravitation to a certain beauty standard we keep holding on to. And I think the way that we change this is by continuing to live and love our bodies exactly as they are. And I know this can be hard to love what you got. But especially when you are constantly seeing other people value something else that you don't have. Which is, it's coming so clearly to me now. This is a lack versus abundant mindset. It's like, if I don't have a boob, a boob, one boob, if I don't have one boob, (laughs) then I am not worthy or I am not worthy of love or like they got love and they have one boob. (laughs) What am I saying? I mean, two big boobs. I mean, two big boobs. But it's like, it's this lack thing. If I don't have what that other person has, it means I'm not worthy or it means I won't have it, you know? Or it means there's not enough love to go around, which is not true. I just, I worry that the, there are, there have been so many beautiful voices about body positivity, but there's still such a contrasting side that doesn't seem to be going away. And it's so ingrained in our society I told you I'd come in with some hot takes today, especially with my one boob comment. What am I saying? I would absolutely love to hear your thoughts on this. What do you think about all the social media stuff we talked about, the body image issues? Do you think they're tied together? Do you think social media is tied to a rise in suicide and mass shootings? Like, do you, what do you think? Do you think? Do you think that social media is actually a really great thing? You know, do you think that it does bring people together? 
I'd love to hear your thoughts. I have been just having such an interesting... I really want to leave social media for the rest of time. Like, I think it'd be really cool to just like erase myself from social media. Still keep the podcast. Maybe keep YouTube. It has been such an amazing tool to connect with all of you. But I feel like we can connect in other ways through this podcast, through email. I don't know. Something for me to think about. I love social media breaks. You know I do. I kind of took one this week, just like spontaneously. I was just like, I'm going to I'm gonna just delete this. <laughs> and I just do that every once in a while because I sense that like I need it. And I just like, eh. And I'm going to go back to it when I feel called to. It's not something that has to be a black and white thing, but I would love to just get rid of it altogether and not feel tied to it in any way. And not even be like, oh, I should get back to it. Like not even think that because I'm like off of it forever. But I don't know. What do you think? Let me know. Would you consider taking a break from social media? Maybe we can do a challenge together. Let me know. You do like a 30 day challenge. Um, have you taken social media breaks? How did you feel? I, if you've never taken a break, someone told me they've never taken a break from social media. I'm like, how, how, (laughs) how have you never taken a break? But like, try it maybe for like a few days, like three days and see how you feel. It's amazing. You're like, holy shit. I have so much time. (laughs) It's amazing. So let me know if you're, if you've done a challenge, if you want to do a challenge, we can do it together. Hold each other accountable. Let me know. If you enjoyed this podcast, make sure you give it a five-star rating and write me a review. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Share this episode with your favorite empath and go sign up for my emails at lisabtag.com because I will start to do a majority of my updates through there when I take a social media break. So when I spontaneously leave social media, you can be like, it's all good. I'm on the email list. So go sign up. It's on my home page, L-I-S-A-B as in boy, T as in Tom, A-G.com. Go sign up for my emails. You know where to find me. You know where to connect with me. All of the links in the description will below of all the things we talked about today and to apply for a a one-on-one coaching spot and Akashic Records and animal communication. All of those things are available to you as well. And I hope you feel so elevated and I will see you next time.